You were impressed with him getting in the guy's face. I was impressed he didn't drop a nacho. Is there anything worse than those crappy nachos? Cheese gets all... Ugh. Listen, we started a hashtag. Hashtag nacho go. You're listening to the New Jersey Guys podcast. Talking all things sports. By the fans. For the fans. And now your starting lineup... Chris Swenderman and Dan Tantillo. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the New Jersey Guys Sports Podcast. Myself, Chris Swenderman, along with Dan Tantillo. Follow us on Twitter at the New Jersey Guys. Danny, how you doing today, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm, uh, I'm excited for for sports again. Well, because you don't have any sports in, no, the, in, because, the, in, the, in the spring and summertime. No, it really doesn't happen because the Mets just decide to fall off right away. Are they even like considered a sport at this point? No. Or a team? No. I don't know. I don't know what happens unless somebody brings it up to me, which I usually do. Yeah, but there's been two trades. That's kind of cool. And your rookie finally came up. Yeah, I'm at Rosario. We've been talking about that since maybe episode three of the podcast. Yeah, we're on episode sixteen now. Right. Exactly. So, so that goes yeah. to, to tell you what's been going on with that. But there's really nothing to talk about the Mets. Um, <laughs> other than other than that guy who follows the Mets. Yeah, that Christie guy. How about that? How about that? So didn't happen at a Met game. Though. No, it didn't happen at a Milwaukee Brewers game against the Chicago Cubs. His son works. I guess he's an intern for the Milwaukee Brewers. Is that correct? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So he got into some fan's face. That's all that anybody in New well, Jersey's been talking about. Yeah. Apparently, some Cub fan yelled at him while he passed and said, "You know, Christie, you suck." Yeah. And apparently, said it once and then said something else, and that's when Christie turned around and got in his face to the point where the guy felt him breathing on him. Yeah, that's first of all that image. There's something about that image that I absolutely love, and I don't. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not the biggest fan of our governor, but that image says it all. Like, if you're gonna talk smack to somebody, be prepared for that person to be in your face. And he was not prepared for that. No. You could tell. <laughs> no, he <laughs> was wasn't. like, uh, "Oh, okay, this is happening right now." Yeah. I was most impressed out of everything. You were impressed with him getting in the guy's face. Yeah. I was impressed he didn't drop a nacho. Yeah, and for, for anybody that's going to a sporting event in 2017, there are so many better food options than those crappy nachos that are usually stale and just the, the cheese gets all... Ugh, ugh, ugh. Listen, we started a hashtag. Hashtag NachoGov. That's very good. Listen. <laughs> NachoGov. Nacho According to 15%, for sure. Thank you. Thank you, meteorolo- yeah. Yeah. Thank you to meteorologist Dan Zarrow for the help with that one. By but the way. Um, it's exciting to be talking about football again, especially with the season being right around the corner. Right. Camps are open. And um, with that said, there's there's players that are already talking about ugh. getting that money. Get Give, the money. Gives me Men a headache. Money. I, I don't understand why every year it's like a rite of passage. It's like training camp's open, but X player steals the headlines because he is not in camp. Yeah, it's either that or just talking about give me more money. And, right. and that is the case with New York Giants superstar wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. He said it's like the elephant in the room and you don't want to talk about it. And he believes that he will hopefully not just be the highest paid receiver in the league, but the highest paid player, period. And does he deserve that? No. No, I don't think so. He doesn't even deserve to be the highest wide receiver, to, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, I think... His value is a top three receiver right now, but he's also been in the league for three years. Who means more to a team right now, Odell or Mike Evans Mike in Evans. Tampa Bay? Mike Evans. Exactly. 
Who means more to a team, Julio Jones or Odell Beckham? Julio Jones. Antonio Brown or Odell Beckham? See, that's where it gets a little bit tricky. I do think Antonio Brown is the best receiver in the league. Absolutely. But he also has a stellar cast around him. And ironically, he's got a guy on his team who happens to be holding out as well. We'll get into that in a little bit. But my rub with Odell, he's got talent for days. I'm not trying to knock that. I'm not trying to knock it at all. What I'm trying, what irks me is, you know what? You want to be the highest paid player in the league? Show me. Yeah. Show me by your leadership. Show me that during the week of a playoff game, you're out on the field practicing in the cold with your teammates, not taking your young teammates down to Miami. Yeah, no. You know, not that you're having a fit after the game, punching a hole in the wall. That really, that deserves to be the highest paid player in the league? I don't think so. Yeah, and I don't think that that's the type of player that deserves it because of his actions, not only on the field. He's shown that he is a dirty player. When and he's immature. He's very immature, and he's, you know, he's had that that game with him against the Carolina Panthers two years ago when him and Josh Norman were going out. That was tough to watch. He got so unhinged and so unnerved, and any great player... What makes a great player is part that mentally they hang in there throughout everything. Yeah. Through the good, the bad, and the indifferent. Yeah, there's times, I mean, emotion is one thing. I'm not taking, you can't take emotion out of the game. Sure. But the way he acts and the way he carries himself compared to his own teammate, Eli Manning. Eli Manning is not a big expression guy. Yeah. But he gets the job done. Say what you will. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's not even, you can't debate that for one second. I mean, I just don't understand how the guy has you know, the cojones to come out and say, I want to be the highest paid player, but all I've done, all I've done is shown that I'm immature and why do I deserve a new contract before, before my time is up when they have other players to pay this year? Yeah, and I think that Odell Beckham has never put the team first, in my no. opinion. And that's something that I don't think you get rewarded for, even though it shows that it does you know, somehow end up being that way in the NFL because if you're a superstar, you can kind of do what you want. And I don't think that's fair, and I don't think that should be rewarded with the top prize, I guess. No, not at all. I I mean, to your lasting memories right now, as of right now, okay, other than your dazzling catches that happen now and again, and believe me, they are amazing. Amazing. I'm not taking that away from him. He's got superior talent, but he's got a 10-cent head. Yeah, like you're saying before, if you're saying three things that I remember Odell Beckham for, it is that catch, number one. Right. Then it is that fight with him and Norman, and then it's him with the stupid net. Oh, yeah, with the kicking net. And he gets on one knee and marries the net or whatever. You know what? It's ridiculous. Silly stuff like that was done 10 years ago by a guy who's better than you, Chad Johnson. Yeah. As As of... Right now in his career. Well, Let sure. me say that. Sure. Who knows where to go? He probably will surpass Chad Johnson by a mile. But at the time, Chad Johnson did it, but backed it up with talent. Odell Beckham is like, once something like that happens, he gets off his game. He's done. Yeah. If you, All you have to do as a defender of Odell Beckham, if you want to stop him, get in his head because he can't get out of his own head when no. that happens. No. And, I mean, the game in Green Bay, what, he goes, uh, they're trying to have a press conference, and he's in the other... The other locker room punching a hole in the wall yeah. in, in the back of Lambeau Field. I mean, really? That's how... And you're supposed to be the highest paid player in the league. It's weird. You I got think, a way to go. Yeah, buddy. I think the NFL is a little bit different because in sports like baseball or basketball where you have those head case players, they're kind of... 
looked more down upon than they are if they're in the NFL. And I don't know why that is. Yeah. But like a player like who's that who's the guy in um that basketball player that's just a head case right now? He I was mean, he got traded. Can, you he can got, name them. He got traded to the Kings or he was on the Kings and then got traded from the Kings. To Marcus Cousins. Yeah, that guy is crazy. That guy to me is like Odell Beckham in the NFL. Right. But when you think of Cousins, you think Head case. When you think of Beckham, you think superstar. Why aren't those two the same? It's all flash. It's all flash. And it's weird. You brought this up a little bit earlier, too. It's the same thing with, yeah, Odell Beckham is saying that he wants to be highest paid player, but he's still at camp. When there's other players, such as one Le'Veon Bell of the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah, who is, is officially one. holding out of Steelers training camp. And this is something that really, really gets on my nerves. Because... Le'Veon Bell, as talented as the dude is, and don't get me wrong, he might be the best running back in football. Have a hard time saying that he's not, other than maybe David Johnson from Arizona. Right, and the thing with Le'Veon Bell is that he's gotten in trouble not once, but twice. Right. He's been suspended twice. Right. So who the hell are you to say, I'm not going to show up to camp when you can't even put yourself on the field 24-7 because of your actions. Zip your lip and play. Just get on the field, play, and let everything else take care of itself. You have no grounds whatsoever Yeah. to sit there and, and say, I'm holding out for a new contract after you've been suspended. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. And, and he deserve, I mean, you know what? If I were the Rooney family, I wouldn't be paying him. No, I wouldn't either. And I'm honestly surprised that a coach like Mike Tomlin, who has always spoke his mind and never hid anything behind curtains or sugarcoated anything, I'm surprised he's not more pissed about this. And I'm surprised he's not the one saying, hey, dummy, you can't even get yourself on the field for 16 games. And this isn't because of injury. This is because of your careless actions. Well, and he's been injured a lot, too. He's been injured a few times. Sure, but... For the majority of it, it's because of these suspensions. And then you have players like Greg Olson on the Carolina Panthers. When somebody brought up about a contract extension, he said, no, let's not worry about that now. Let's go out there and and get ours. Let's get back to winning. Right. And that just shows you the difference between these two types of players. I think anybody that holds out is being 100% selfish. And somebody like Le'Veon Bell, who gets, who can't. Right. He's got no leverage. He's got no leverage. Zero. And somehow he's going to get it. He's going to get the money that he wants. Oh, you know he is. You know Odell will. The, the owners of, of the Giants already said he's going to get paid. They didn't say what and they didn't say when, but they said we're going to pay him. So whatever they're doing, it works. Yeah, and I don't understand just the impatience of it. It's not like these guys are making you know no money. They're making good money. Right. Granted, you're not being the top paid player at your position, but you're also still in your rookie contract. Right. When have you have you ever seen a baseball player in their rookie and baseball players make a lot less in their oh, initial yeah. years? You still have half the Mets pitching staff. You have two superstars on that team that are making the minimum and they'll never hold out. But nope. you don't hear that in other sports. No. Why why football? Why is football so different? Well, I think in fairness to football players, I think they're their time in the spotlight is a lot shorter. Okay, and they, I get that. The only, and running back may be the most punishing of all positions. For sure, because you are getting smacked down every single time so you, you touch the So you got a ball. really short window, 
to make that. But if you're going to do that, that's even more so while this du- why this dummy should, instead of sitting out complaining, be in camp, working hard, head down, and just getting it done. Yeah. Because that'll get it done for you, and that'll get you that contract a lot quicker than sitting out and complaining, Will. Yeah, and I, I think he still has something to prove, and for whatever reason in his mind, he doesn't think that. He doesn't think that he still has something to prove. I don't think if I was a teammate of Le'Veon Bell's, I'd be pissed as well. Absolutely. If I was Big Ben, I'd be mad. Yeah, yeah. This is the first... I, I mean, I don't remember the last couple of years where they were all three of them, you know, him, um, Bell... And Antonio Brown, Brown and Martavius Bryant, the other wide receiver for Pittsburgh, were all able to be together at the same time from the start of the camp. And Bell's ruining it once again by just pure selfishness. So I think that players like this, players like Le'Veon Bell, players like Odell Beckham, that it it separates them from guys like Greg Olson, like I said before, or Tom Brady, somebody who takes pay cuts, because those guys want to win. Right. These guys want to get paid. It's just a matter of what's more important to you as a player. Do you right. want to win or do you want your money? Tom Brady just won another Super Bowl, and he's not even in the top 10 highest paid players in the NFL. And he'll continuously take pay cuts. Right. Because you want to build that team around you. And it's, you oh, know, what it, nobody's going to, honestly, nobody's going to take down the Patriots unless players like this, players like Le'Veon Bell, they, they get together and be like, oh, we want to take them down. Right. You're letting the best team in the league continue to be the best team in the league because you're selfish. Absolutely. And you know what? When they come to the, when when management comes to Tom Brady in the offseason, we have this guy we really want to sign. Tom, can you help us out? Sure, defer money. Do, do what you have to do. And he makes it work. Why? Because it's the team above him. Yeah. And I also think that it's just, again, like I said before, these players are making money. It's not like they're not making money. Right. So what's the point of even doing this holdout? It's it's crazy. And I wanted to get into something real quick before we uh, take a quick little break. Do we think that training camps in general and the whole offseason of football, do we think that that's getting a little bit too much, not coverage, because there's nothing to talk about right now, but people are making all these big deals over nothing, it seems like. Yeah, but when you're without football for... How many months, you know, eight months into the year almost. And the only thing you've had is the NFL. It's the same thing when we started this and we talked about the NFL draft. There's no football for so long. It's the only thing you have to talk about. Now camps are opening. It's just weird that you're not getting football talk. And it's because True. of these holdouts and it's because of people being stupid off the field right. that we're, we're talking about all this other nonsense. But I think like. These little brawls that are happening. Yeah, and, that's and like, oh, this person was kicked off, you know, camp right. today because he got in a little bit of a scuffle. That happens, and that's always happened ever since training camp has existed. Every training camp, it's it's hot. It's they're sweaty. They're doing plays over and over again. Tempos and they're are hungry. Flare. And they're hungry right. because they're ready to to win and to, to right. be back on the field again. Right. That being said, how excited are you for Hard Knocks? I'm very. I love that show. So if you're not familiar with with what Hard Knocks is, it basically takes you a a look at the entire preseason of an NFL team and it follows them and it's completely uncut. It's on HBO. And this year it's with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that's a team that could very well surprise the NFC this year where you have 
arguably one of the best receivers in football, Mike Evans, who, like you yep. said before, is very important to that a team. A great up-and-coming quarterback in Jameis Winston. And Deshaun um, Jackson right. signed with them, so that's going to give him a little bit more. And two young, two tight ends that are right. decent. Yep. So I think it's going to be interesting to see that. And I am excited for football again. And the offseason is, is a little bit of exciting when you're actually showing the football stuff. But I'm so sick of the holdouts and the money talk and stuff right. like that. It, I wish we could focus on what the players are doing in camp, not who's not in camp, who's fighting with who in camp. No, You know what? Nobody cares. Yeah, Nobody, I don't. Don't take away from your team because all we want to see is what the team is doing to prepare for the season at this point. Yeah, I'd agree with you, man. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Remember, tweet at New Jersey Guys. We'll be back in a second right here on the New Jersey Guys Sports Podcast. Unbelievable. Learn, laugh, stay informed. Podcasts from New Jersey 101.5. The Jim Gerhardt Podcast. He's talking Jersey again. I hope to continue this. Forever 39. Jim Xers living in the Great Garden State. That's an amazing experience. That's really, really cool. Available now from the New Jersey 101.5 app, iTunes, and Google Play. And we're back here on the New Jersey Guys Podcast. Chris Wenham and Dan Tantillo talking in all things sports. Again, if you have anything, any ideas for topics, anything that you would want us to talk about, feel free to let us know by tweeting us at New Jersey Guys and at NJ1015. Now, there's a story about John Jones reclaiming the UFC title, and this is a bit of a comeback story, and I don't know too much about it, so Chris, I wanted you to tell me a little bit more and, and why this is kind of an interesting story to bring up. Well, um, John Jones is a great fighter for UFC, but he's had a lot of trouble along the way. Um, he won the title uh, a few years ago, uh, and along the way, he's faced suspensions for drugs, um, for some uh, you know out of the ring problems, let's say. And you know, he's he's faced a lot of adversity. He got stripped of the title um, because of uh, you know issues with drugs, and now in two thousand, fast forward to two thousand seventeen. He gets in the ring with Daniel Cormier and wins the belt. Yeah. I mean, decisively. Okay. And it's a great comeback story. Um, most people had written him off. Uh, well, I, you know, I don't. I don't even remember hearing about him until all of a sudden he popped up, and um, you know, when they were getting ready for this latest UFC fight that he was facing Cormier, and all of a sudden it's like. Whoa, you know, uh, Bones is back. They call him, you know, Bones Jones is his nickname. And <laughs> <laughs> you like the fun nicknames, don't you? But anything that rhymes or is like alliteration. Right. Yeah, I'm, you I'm just all about yeah, it. Yeah, it's childish. Listen, we, we all have we all have our little, you know, idiosyncrasies. So. Sure. Uh, but Jones is Jones really, I mean, was an up and comer when he first when he first won the title a uh, few years back. He was like the man. Like this guy is going to be a force for a long time in UFC. And he just kind of like right after that, like just it was like one thing after another, just snowballed, and um, you know led to a year suspension. But here we are in 2017. He gets back, fights the guy that he beat for the title years ago, and you know reclaims the title. So, was this somebody that when he I guess announced this comeback, and when you find out that he was going again for the light heavyweight title at the UFC. Was this something that was kind of laughed at? Were people like, oh, this guy doesn't have a chance anymore? Or like, were people doubting him because he wasn't on drugs? Like, what was... I don't... I think people were very, like, tepid. Like, they were like... like hmm. It didn't seem like they were like, oh, come on, you gotta be kidding me. Because he has the talent. 
Okay. But I don't know if people really believe, like, is he back? Is he going to fall off the wagon? Is something going to happen? Is he going to get into, you know, um, you know, another out of the ring issue? And it just, you know, he came back. I mean, he came back with vengeance. I mean, yeah. he came roaring back. This is a guy that looked hungry. And this is a guy that looked like, I'm going to take back what's mine. And he did in convincing fashion. Not even, I mean, not even close. Yeah. So comeback stories are, are part of what makes sports so unique and so many people attached to that because there's nothing like a comeback, whether it is an underdog team that would rally back to win something or if it's an individual who may have been injured or have gotten some off the field issues, what have you, and then came back. It's something that we can relate to because we've all had our downfalls and you have to fight back in order to get what you want. You have to, to show determination and it's something that we can all relate to. So that brings up a question. When you think of comebacks, what are things that pop into your mind? Josh Hamilton. Okay. For at least a year yeah, or so two. Josh Hamilton had a lot of issues with drugs off the field. He um, continuously was relapsing, and just he was a guy that was expected to be the superstar. For Tampa, for, uh, at the time, Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Right. I mean, that's how far back we're going. And then he came back and just wound up being a, an absolute superstar for a little bit. Um, when I think of a comeback, when it comes to a player, the most recent one and probably one of the most courageous ones that pops into my mind is Eric Berry. Oh, absolutely. He had cancer, had to you know leave the team for treatment, beat it, right? came back, and still kicked ass the way that he was doing before. He was named first team all pro your first year after chemo. Are you kidding me? That's something that when you see a player like that, and that's somebody that is working hard and obviously has a lot to fight for because he was fighting for his life. Right. And um, take it even to hockey, not as much. I. It really was kind of a comeback story in a way because he took time away from the team. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with the story of Craig Anderson. He's goalie for the Ottawa Senators. Okay. His wife had cancer and he took time away from the team to be with his wife and then came back and really, I mean, had a really good season for the Senators. I mean, the Senators overall weren't, you know, that great of a team. But, you know, it's stories like that, I think, as sports fans, we live for. You know, that's why sports movies, make like, get us all hopped up. Like, who doesn't love the movie of Rudy? Right. It's because it's, it's, everybody can relate to that person because we've all been down. It, and we've all had to climb back up. Right. And... One of the things, you know, one of our favorite players, Michael Irvin from the yeah. Cowboys, mm -hmm. gave a great speech. And every time I need motivation, I think of that speech from when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Do you remember what he said? I don't. He he essentially talked about his, you know, I mean, he had plenty of pitfalls along sure, the way. Sure, sure. You know, and he talked about, you know, you get up, you stand up, and, you know, you get, you get back into it. And I just, I could watch that over and over when he tells that story and when that part... It's just, you know, sports fans, I think, are a lot more forgiving than people give them credit for. Sure. I think if you're at your weakest and you kind of, you know, bow your head, like bow your head and say, I messed up, but I'm going to fix it and make it right. And somehow 
you fix yourself and you get back into the race and whatever sport it is. I think sports fans appreciate that. Yeah, it's because that we're seeing it right in front of our face. It's in the public eye. So and when you're seeing them, it yeah. makes them human. Right. And when you're seeing people fall, they're falling right in front of your face. And I can't imagine that because I've, I'm not so much in the public spotlight where all of your issues are just being brought up to the world. Right. It's tough. And, and it's it's something that's it's remarkable. And, and I think, go ahead. No, I was going to say with Jones, it he was, I mean, he was in his prime, I mean, prime age and just coming into his own and, you know, just, I mean, falls, you know, flat stripped of the title at the time. I mean, you, you feel for a guy like that, that you just want him. You're not even worried so much about him getting back in the ring. Is at that point, I was every time I saw something, I'm like, I just hope he gets his life together. Yeah, you know, Absolutely. it's like a, it's like Lamar Odom a couple years back. Oh, I mean, that Lamar was tough Odom, to watch. that was really tough to watch. Yeah, I mean, because he really fell. I mean, he never got back into basketball, but, but he's healthy. But he's healthy, exactly. And that's that's what's really important. And I think also. Real quick, we can get into just comebacks with teams and stuff and, and games. Obviously, this past Super Bowl comes to mind. Ridiculous. 28 to 3. Right. I mean, and how much of it, the Patriots just toying with the Falcons getting 283 I, diamonds yeah. in their ring? Right. I don't know how a team like that can come back from it. This year is going to be very interesting to see what the Falcons do and how they how they react. But it's it's something that's really Remarkable when you're able to to fully come back and prove to everybody else. And that's another thing. Right. When you've messed up so many times and it's in the public spotlight and you come back to prove yourself, you're not only proving yourself to the fans and everybody else, you're proving your, your worth to yourself. Right. And it's, and it's, it's something that's obviously noticed. Right. I mean, two guys that come to mind, you know, from when I was growing up and really learning, you know, idolizing athletes and one guy that I still do today for what he's overcome Daryl Strawberry yeah I, I don't think there's a, a harder road that that guy went down and overcame so much yeah. and fell so many times but got back up and somehow got himself back into the mix and you're talking about a guy who I always said if he stayed healthy and he stayed clean you're talking about a guy that had a better swing a sweeter swing and more power more power than Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, no, it was something that when I was going back and looking at film and even watching that 30 for 30 with oh, I love that 30 Doc, for, yep. Um, and that's tough to watch too because it's... That's brutal to watch. I can't even imagine the temptations of being in that position. And especially, you know, New York City in the 80s. Like, you're... Ridiculous. You're what everybody is talking about. And they would just go out, like, after games and just party. Just, yeah, nonstop. I mean, till... The, the, you know, the middle of the next morning and then go to sleep for a couple hours and go do it all over again. So just to, to be able to see players like that come back, it's it's great to see, especially, you know, like we said before, it's your health and your well-being that the fans really care about at the end of it. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm really just as a fan of UFC, I'm really happy to see Jones back on top, won the title. And you know what? God willing, he just stays clean. Stays the straight and narrow, and you know he continues on with what should be a great career. Yeah, and speaking of great careers, we've got one Adrian Beltre got his three thousandth hit. Good for him. I mean, talk about a player that I don't think a lot of people realize how great he was until the last couple of years. Totally underrated. Totally underrated, and he had one of the, the sweet swings where his like, you'd fall to the ground after you would take a hit, and. 3,000 hits is something that a couple years back you would think that's an automatic Hall of Fame 
induction, but you've got players who have cheated and right. You know, 3,000 hits doesn't automatically mean a Hall of Fame thing, but with a guy like Beltre, he's no doubt in my mind a first ballot Hall of Famer. Absolutely. I, I even love how, did you see what Texas did when they unveiled the banner of Beltre with the 3,000? It was him on, on the, the knee. knee. Yeah, that's awesome. hitting Hitting a home run. I mean, he's a guy that's always done it his way, yeah. and I love that about him. I just wish he would get a ring. True. It it would be nice if he would he would get a ring. He definitely is one of the guys that stands out in my mind as a guy that Hall of Fame career for sure. Yeah, um, would love to see him win a ring before he wrapped it up. But you know the teams he's played on. The, the I mean he's like a Mattingly in my mind. Yeah, great player, just never was on the right team to get him to get him over the hump. To I mean, get him did a championship. he? Did he like Mattingly? I think came a little bit closer. Did Beltre even get too close? Did he even make it to a world? I don't think he's ever made it to a, a World Series. No, no, I don't think he did. So it's 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 something that I don't know if it's going to happen, especially he's 38, you know. He's right. Still got a couple, he's a, right. Know. But he's a guy that's still looking in his prime right now. He's hitting 300. I was just hoping that when he hit 3,000, his team was going to come out and congratulate him and everybody was going to go try to pat him on the head. <laughs> if you don't know, Adrian Beltre hates it. If you touch his head and there's players that mess with him nonstop by just Elvis Andrews, him. it's his so teammate. funny. It's so funny. They but- literally try to go and he oh, he gets incensed. Like he just something about he just does not like yeah, being you, touched on the head. You'll see his face and it'll just be normal. And then if you get one touch in the head, it just drops. Right, drops. And like the guys like like pat him on the head really quick and like run away like <laughs> yes. to do it just to like just to break his chops about it. It's kind of funny, but I mean, you know. I would like. I would definitely like to see if there's one accolade that I would like to see Beltre get is just to wrap up his career with a ring. It yeah. would be. It would be great to it see. Would, that. It'd be a great ending to what was and still is an amazing career. And that's about going to wrap things up for this episode of the New Jersey Guys podcast. It is available on iTunes, Google Play, NJ1015.com. You could stream it. You could subscribe. And uh, keep tuning in and let us know any topics that you want us to talk about at New Jersey, guys. For Chris Runneman, I'm Dan Tantillo. Thanks so much for listening. We're out.